All right, here we go. Um, welcome to Free Association. Uh, wherever you are in the world, uh, the fourth day of Omicron, whatever that may be. Uh, it's a B11 something, something, something. That's what I'm calling it. And I'm going to keep calling it that. And it's it's got 5-9 on the end, but I can't remember the other, the other digit. But B some, B11 something, something, something. Is, is the only thing that I'm calling Omicron because Omicron is a marketing trick. It's a marketing trick. It's to get inside your head. It's a brand. So <clears throat> we're being branded with Omicron. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea at all. I don't think being branded is a good idea at all. It makes no real sense to me. But uh, other people seem to do it and get away with it, uh, with uh, various branded branded food, branded shoes, branded jeans, branded everything. Omicron's just another brand. It's just another marketing gimmick. It's not some big scary James Bond villain, and uh, it never will be. Never, ever will be. Uh, right, tonight I've got a piece, uh, an interview that Andy, Andy Kaufman gave. Uh, I think it's only a few days old, but I, when I went back to try and find it again on BitChute, I couldn't find it. Uh, so, But I've got the downloaded version, so I'm going to play some of that, and we'll see how we get on with it. It gets interesting about 20 minutes in, so I'm going to skip the first 20 minutes and see if we can pick up somewhere that's that's got something going on. Let me move it on a little bit more than that. Let's see where we are. Dangerous or highly transmissible. I wanted to know, how do they figure that out? So the CDC has this article, like how do they classify these variants and that's going to be important for omicron and you know how do they find out this information so it turns out in there they referenced a paper of how they make the clinical determinations about a variant and here's a one of the paper antibody resistance and to this b1351 and b.1.1.7 and those are code words for different variants i'm pretty sure this one is delta okay but you can easily check. So here's what they say. They created VSV, and that's an animal virus, yeah. okay, based SARS-78, CoV-2 pseudoviruses that contain each of the individual mutations. So what they did here is they, they took what they think is this animal virus, right, which is just these particles. That's amazing somehow they removed the material that was inside them and replaced it with an, a spike protein gene that they synthesized in the lab artificially, wow. but it matched the variant sequence, <laughs> right? And that's, and they call that a pseudovirus. Now, wow. the only reason they would go to that length to create something like that is they can't actually get it from nature. 
Well, and for right? people listening to the Delta variant that everyone's been freaking out about for six months, they don't even have a commercial test to identify it. And if they did have a PCR test for it, it wouldn't be able to do so anyway. So people don't fully understand how the virus is truly the media and, and the meme structure of what they're doing, just promulgating absolute falsehoods to the public. So say, or even the, you know, so-called isolation experiments that they have published for SARS-CoV-2, those have not even been attempted for any variant. So in other words, no one has actually isolated a variant. And of course, there, there's no, as you say, there's no diagnostic. Now, there's no diagnostic test for anything, really. Okay, there are, there are these tests or testing procedures that are approved, or sorry, that are authorized ex for experimental or emergency use. But none of them um, have been validated as a diagnostic test. No, and for people listening, if you think about the near infinite number of particles that are in our microbiome, virome, uh, for example, apoptotic bodies, necrotic bodies, microvesicles, exosomes, it's impossible to say that one of these particular particles, if you could even identify it in real time, isn't anything but a bystander or maybe a natural part of our immune system. So the idea that somehow there's a particular particle that they are saying is causing people to have symptoms as if symptoms themselves were equivalent to death. Symptoms are the way for the body to heal itself. Fever liquefies the easy water, for example, helps you to further detoxify. Like everything is inverted. You know, there's no appreciation for how the body actually heals, which is to get sick sometimes. Uh, the whole thing is absolutely absurd. Sorry, go ahead. Right. Well, you know, those things aren't even uh, part of the conversation here. You know, everything is just about fear that there's some, you know, dangerous thing out there that's going to invade you. Um, and, and it's so dangerous and abundant, they can't actually find it anywhere in the world. <laughs> so, so after they create these pseudo viruses in the laboratory, they then interact them in a cell culture with different antibodies. And, and that's how they say that it's more or less transmissible or more or less clinically severe, uh, or if even that it might be resistant to the vaccine because they say the vaccine, uh, you know, creates a certain antibody and they see how it binds with that antibody. Right. And if it binds weakly with that antibody that the vaccine is supposed to create, then they say it's going to be more severe. Right. But it has nothing to do with what actually happened in any human being or any other organism yes. because they've never actually found these things in the real world. Well, and also the antibody based view of vaccine induced immunity is based upon um, really quasi quiet, quasi science at best meaning that, you know, there's no conclusive evidence that an antibody will neutralize an antigen in the way that classical immunology, immunology and vaccinology discusses it. So there's so many, there's so many problems with this narrative. Yes, you're right. I mean, all, you know, really all of this biological science in a way is, is a simulation because since the era of molecular biology and molecular genetics, right, that there's been a lot of discovery of new knowledge, what happens is that all of the experiments are done now in a petri dish rather than in living organisms, right? And it's just always assumed that what happens in a petri dish explains what happens in a real organism, but it, that's really a false assumption. Everything needs to be validated. So you you know you can look at antibodies and you can validate it 
but that research hasn't actually been done. It's just been assumed and it's uh, a to be a correlation. Yeah, it's a proxy surrogate. Exactly. Model, which is how they pushed through Gardasil. Never once were shown to save a single life from cervical cancer. They actually uh, fast-tracked it through a you know, proxy um, antibody type of, of uh, studies. Right, and there's even more, you know, leniency to do this with vaccines specifically compared to any other type of therapeutic or diagnostic. In other words, real-world effectiveness is not the same as what they call efficacy, which is based on antibody titers. And what I've often said, it's like kicking a beehive. That's why you throw in toxic adjuvants. You want the TH2 pole to go hyperactive, spit out antibodies, even though it might be to self-structures, which is why it erodes. You know, you know, well, there's all sorts of tricks uh, for experiments and, you know, to um, sort of hack us biologically, you know, with so-called vaccines. I mean, because exactly what you're talking about is the role of so-called adjuvants. They're just things that are toxic and cause irritation when they enter our body because they're dangerous foreign materials. And so, of course, we put out all of the things that we normally do to manage foreign materials that enter our body, like make a, a whole lot of antibodies, right? Yeah, it's, they, called, it's called immunogenicity when it's actually immunotoxicity. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So, um, so variants are simply the inability to reproduce or validate the original results, which are bogus in the first place, right? And this is a real journal. That's the journal that goes with the Ig Nobel Prize. Wow, I love it. So now we get to, you know, this uh, Omicron thing. And so here, this is the uh, World Health Organization um, announcement. And notice the timing of this because today is the 28th. Right. This was published on the 26th and it said the first reports of this variant are on the 24th. So this is basically published two days after uh, the first report of this variant. Right. And this essentially means that that there was, you know, the five million five hundred and thirty five thousand, you know, four hundred and twenty sixth sequence was performed in Botswana and they labeled it Omicron. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and for context, guys, before this started, I went and searched with parentheses Omicron variant, and there were 7,800,000 results. Now, Andrew pointed out that that's not probably an accurate figure due to how they manipulate the algorithms. But the point is, is that they've taken this World Health Organization statement, right? There's no references there. And they have instantaneously weaponized it, promulgated it globally as it is the virus. The fear that. Right. It's just, it's insane, literally, what's happening. Right. So this announcement from the World Health Organization says that they classify it as a variant of concern, or VOC, okay? And then I uh, put here on the slide the definition of what is a VOC. So it, it consists of increased transmissibility or, quote, a detrimental change in COVID-19 epidemiology. Now, that's the criterion that they list for Omicron classifying, and you can tell that is extremely vague, right? What, what does that mean, a detrimental change in epidemiology? Epidemiology is just, you know, following the numbers. But do they actually have numbers to support that? So what they say in this article is preliminary evidence suggests. Now, notice how that's twice hedging their statement, right? Because they're saying the evidence is preliminary, and they're saying this is what it suggests, not what it states clearly, right? It only suggests that there's an increased risk of reinfection, 
with the variant. So in other words, if you already had, you know, so-called COVID, which doesn't exist, you can get it again from yeah. Omicron. Or now, how do they have two days? Sorry, or if you've had three vaccines, now the media is literally saying, sorry, now we have a new variant. And Pfizer, I think, or Novartis has already said they're going to have a new vaccine ready in like very soon. So this right now they they hint that it may you know evade the vaccine, but they don't have any evidence, so they don't even report that. And what they say is that there are thirty mutations in the spike protein, and they say that's a lot of mutations. I say that means they basically were unable to repeat the experiment successfully <laughs> of you know of sequencing the genome. They got just some something else uh, that was different. And, and for people listening, keep in mind. They need an electron microscope to even render visual something that is practically on a subatomic scale in terms of using an electron microscope for the resolution of the image. So, like, can you consider how obscene this is? That they're just well, now you know that they've never tried to look at any variant under the microscope. Well, there you go. That's why we so, have here to educate us. Yeah, because they haven't try, attempted to do any physical experiments with it. It's only computer simulation experiments. So all of these things only come from computer work. And, you know, here's what they say. They say the number of cases of this variant, quote, appears to be increasing in almost all provinces in South Africa. But, of course, they continue that um, there, there are no tests for it. But what they say is... Current SARS-CoV-2 PCR diagnostics continue to detect this variant. And let me continue, and I'll explain what this means. Several labs have indicated that for one widely used PCR test, one of the three target genes is not detected. And this test can therefore be used as a marker for this variant. Okay, so here what they're saying is normally in the PCR uh, protocol, there are three primers. And if you have a positive for all three, then you have a positive test. So what they're saying is the Omicron only is positive for two out of those three. So in other words, if previously you had a negative PCR test, now they can call it a positive PCR test for Omicron. Wow. That so they essentially didn't have to create a new test. Wow. They just found a way to convert negative results to positive results and then say that it's this new thing. And then because they're increasing the cases, because by definition, they have to increase the cases because these would have been called negative before. Wow. So that that's the detrimental change in the epidemiology is creating these new cases by converting a negative result to a positive. Wow. And that is justifies their characterizing it as a variant of concern, which means countries then start changing their policies. Like I believe we have already in the United States prevented people from traveling from South Africa and a couple of other places because of exactly. this. And that's what makes it seem real, right? Yes. Exactly. Okay, so these are the tricks of the trade. Now we have, this is the one scientifically published article, but it's an editorial and it has zero references. As you mentioned, the World Health Organization statement also has zero references, okay? And in this, now you see that the title suggests you should worry, right? Heavily mutated Omicron variant puts scientists on alert, right? That means you should be freaking out. But the picture but, makes you feel really warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah, absolutely. That is one scary picture, right? 
I mean, gosh, is someone being carted off in that, you know, bubble uh, tube? (laughs) And it's very scary. So, and I wonder, is that picture from reality or from, you know, a science fiction movie? So here's what the scientists in this editorial actually said. Okay, so Penny Moore, a virologist from South Africa, says, at this stage, it's too early to tell anything. <laughs> in other uh, words, we don't, know, we don't know anything. <laughs> and then the other uh, expert, Richard Lessels, uh, who's an infectious disease doctor in South Africa, said, there's a lot we don't understand about this variant. <laughs> wow. So they essentially, it's only filled with conjecture, like what could happen, what might happen. What are the concerns? There's no actual real data of any uh, concerning outcomes. And once again, zero scientific references. And so I wanted to double check and I put in on the PubMed, right? And this is where all the medical and scientific papers are collected by the National Library of Medicine in the United States. And this um, B.1.1.529, that is the official um, name for the Omicron variant and all the scientific papers are published on that nomenclature. Wow. Um, and I, I did search for Omicron also, and it did, it gave some results that were unrelated. Other, other, uh, proteins called Omicron or things like that came up. Not one thing about SARS-CoV-2. So, so there's that, not, not one that. scientific paper published on Omicron at all. And yet the entire world is acting like a kicked beehive and countries are locking down and the markets are, you know, imploding, right? It's just, it's remarkable. This is such, people, if you're listening, please share this, share it wherever you can, because at this point there's complete you know, censorship of this information, but we're doing this so people can get the truth. So please share it. Thank you. So, you know, just to be fair, it does take time to get a paper published, although uh, if we look at Drosten, we see that he was able to get a paper published before a virus was even identified, uh, developing a test for that virus. So there is a precedent to get things published quickly. Um, But nonetheless, you know, we see there's just really no scientific information to base any of these policies on so far. Now, this is the uh, so-called phylogeny of the Omicron uh, variant in different places that it's at from the GIS-AID, but this is all just computer simulation. And here, just to demonstrate, and if you go on their website, there's actually a 3D rotating version of this. This is the so-called spike protein from the Omicron variant, and all these different colors are the 30-somewhat mutations, supposedly. And this is completely a computer simulation. This protein was not um, purified from virus particles and studied. There was no genome taken from new virus particles that were purified called Omicron. This is simply taking the computer simulation results and putting it into another computer that gives you a rendering of a protein. So it's a, a really, really pretty and sophisticated picture but it means absolutely nothing in terms of respecting, uh, reflecting reality. Right. So this is the simulation, right? It looks impressive. Even if you're a scientist or a doctor, you see this thing rotating and you're like, wow, they really did a lot, right? But they, they did nothing. Right, I'm gonna stop it there because I think we've got the, we've got the meaty bit in there. The, the, the PCR test only requires two of whatever it's testing for instead of three. 
that's the meaty bit of what he was saying. So the whole thing's a fraud, basically. The whole thing's a scam. It's being marketed as Omicron. It's it's a remark it's a remarketing of a fake PCR test. That's what they're doing. It's fucking unbelievable. The audacity of this shit. It's fucking unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Anyway, that's enough from me. I've, we've, we've got what we wanted. That was uh, a video that's on BitChute. I, I couldn't find it when I was looking for it again. But uh, it's Dr. Andrew Kaufman speaking to somebody who I'll tell you the name of. Say a G. J-I-S-A-Y-E-R is the first name and J-I is the second name. Um, so yeah, go and have a look and, and hopefully you'll be able to find it. The search engine on BitChute leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, it has to be said, if somebody can redesign a search engine that, that covers BitChute and Odyssey and combines the two together, that will be a marvellous thing to do. Um, if I can find somebody to do it, <laughs> open source, then I'll give it a go, but I can't do it. I don't have the technical skills to do it, but uh, Elasticsearch should be able to do that, surely. If you just put everything through Elasticsearch, that should be able to do it. Anyway, enough, enough from me. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.